It's Cofield and Company. There's something wrong with me. I start to crack up so much. Watching dogs flip out and run in place. Betty or Wilma? Wilma. What? Yeah. And that's scene. You know I always go for the offbeat. If you get a text, that means we're not talking on the phone. That's it. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. A lot of good stuff coming down in this 5 o'clock hour. We got some college football later on, more conference realignment speculation. We'll get to that. Uh, Big deal of the day, deals of the day. The Lakers have added more veterans in Mello and also uh, Monk and signed some young guys. So we'll give you the roster breakdown of the Lakers in just a little bit. And now we've got a rumor in, you know, we were just talking about Carson Wentz and Wentz could be back for week two or three. He could be out, you know, through 12 games. We don't know yet. Surgery's in. He doesn't, we really don't find out more details on Carson Wentz from the Colts until, uh, two weeks from now when he could start rehab. But one of the legends of the game could return and may return to Indy. Well, we'll find out in this 5 o'clock hour. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. What a jerk. What, I, what did I do now? Did you see LeBron James... At the Usher concert. Usher? Usher. The Usher concert. Yeah. Okay. So who am I talking about? Who's the jerk? Uh, not LeBron to me. Okay. So this uh, this blew up over the weekend. Uh, some little guy, we're all little compared to LeBron, charged up to LeBron. I don't know what he wanted. LeBron basically just gave him a stiff arm, pushed him out of the way, and walked out. Commenters were kind of split on this. A lot of people thought LeBron was being a jerk. I think you know where we side. I don't hate fans, but you got to realize time and place. And I know you're all excited. You're rodding up over LeBron. You got to realize when just some rando starts running up on LeBron James, like what people could be thinking. Of course. Uh, And he was with his wife. I think think you couldn't see his wife because he's so gigantic, but I think his wife was on his right and he's holding her hand. I mean, at that point, you kind of, you go into safety mode. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, And just for, you know, People a lot of times often to see a little part of a clip or have no idea what's happening in a clip. Like, oh, what a jerk! Like, I don't think LeBron's just going around pushing people. And and this clearly appeared, as you said, like somebody is getting into his space in a weird way, like an awkward way. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go after LeBron for sure. Well, it's a weird spot when people go out, so I'm people, not... People you know, are like... When celebrities go out... Well, people are saying stuff like, that's literally assault. Like, mm, no. I, I don't think... First of all, I don't think... You, you don't have enough evidence to judge, uh, for sure. And also, like, you're if you're in a setting like that, you don't know who's who's doing what or why it's they're not, coming up on you. It's not assault. Guy, it's not assault. It's not battery. It's none of it. I'm sure, as we talk about, you know, escalating force, we talk about that all the time with Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider... Giving someone a forearm shiver when they're coming at you, there's no way that is overboard. And, and no way. He appeared to be yelling. He doesn't. He d- definitely really? appears to be intoxicated. Like I don't. I don't need somebody running at me. I don't know what their intentions are. It's just. I, I mean, 
listen, I get people are they want to hate on LeBron for whatever. Um, and maybe he was a jerk here. Maybe he was. I, I don't know. But I, I certainly can't tell it from this video. From this video, it looks like a guy is running toward him, and he's like, stay the hell away from me, dude. Number four. Alex Caruso is like a solid player, a solid bench player. He's not a make-or-break guy. Man, the Lakers fan reaction to Alex Caruso going from the Lakers to Chicago has been crazy. I would think it would just be, hey, good job, Alex. You know, you were kind of a nobody when you got in the league, and now you just got $9.5 million a year from the Chicago Bulls. Congrats. Instead, it's been – I mean, I was, I was reading one fan – saying the Lakers either didn't value what Caruso brings to the team or they were deterred by salary cap implications. Okay, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yes, yes, he's not worth <laughs> that kind of money. And they've brought in a bunch of veterans for a pittance of that. Pat him on the back and go, congrats. You know what? You you were on the Lakers. You played well. You used the, you know, the fame that backups get on the Lakers to get yourself a deal that's probably out of control. But this person said both of those things are bad and implicate this front office and ownership group as being less savvy and smart – then they need to be losing Alex Caruso as you this mad. It does. And you know why, but here's the thing. Don't worry, sir. You've got Mac McClung. No. I don't think it was. I don't, I have no idea why this person is so fired up. You know, it. you know, because he, Alex Caruso is a cult figure. Don't, don't, but don't you, you just assume people are like, Hey, little white guy. We love him. It is. If someone thinks he's athletic a good white player, dudes. Athletic white no, dudes have not, always been that. It's not everybody. And, you know, it goes what, back to like Bob Sura. What this brings me back to is some of the nonsense from last week. And you're one of the leaders of this that throws out there that the Golden Knights fan base getting all emotional over Mark Andre Fleury means it's a bad fan base. Okay. Well, since then, we've seen the Laker fan base flip out about Alex Caruso and the Cubs fan base melt down over selling off all their stars. And the line I heard about Vegas is, well, Vegas needs to mature as a pro sports town. Does LA? Does Chicago? Yes. No. Every no. Every, by mature, by mature, it means that we're too young to know any better. Which, of course, I will counter with: most of us are from not are not from here. We know sports. All right. Here's the here, right, but I'm, I'm, just, gonna, I'm got... just gonna say: most of you media guys, unfortunately, you're so out of touch with the average fan, and you don't talk to them on a regular basis that you can't associate with them at all no I, people people don't just look at sports like through this freaking with this steely demeanor that it's all business and it's all about building things the right way there is emotion that's why they're fans right, but it's fanatic. also why, it's also our job to tell you why that's wrong like that is part of our job right but 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 with that then we come to this discussion about mark andre Fleury that 100 it was the right move it was not the right move, 100%. Well, listen, and I'm not basing it on, on being hold a fan. On, hold on, hold on. There's, gonna... there's room for discussion here, just like on Alex Caruso. I don't agree with this guy who says the you know the Lakers aren't savvy. Maybe there should have been a place for Caruso. Maybe it would have taken $5 million a year. I'm... Maybe they just replaced him with lesser players. But this assumption that everyone's just emotional and they don't know sports like I do because I watch it like, and I cover it, stop. Well, I'll, I'll stop you right here of saying it, it wasn't 100% the right move. And here's why you know that it – it really was. I mean, no, nothing, no, no, it nothing is ever. Nothing's ever for it sure. Wasn't. But I'm going to tell you why. Why this? This is why this can be shot. Down. Which one, Caruso because, or, or Leonard Flurry? Flurry, because the the Golden Knights have been an organization. And we know that they do the business move, but the one thing they said they wouldn't do, and and from ownership down, said, "Hey, listen, I know you guys want to trade Mark Andre Flurry. Not happening. He's our goalie. He's going to stay here." 
and they went in, into ownership. This is this is public. This is mm-hmm. not something. They went into Foley and they said, "Listen, this is why this is 100% the move that has to be made. This is why we're going to lay it out for you. Here's this. Here's the financials. Here's what happens if we keep them. Here's what happens if we get rid of them. We need to get rid of them. It's an absolute necessity. It's what has to be done." and laid out all the information it presented in a factual manner, in a business manner, and from what's right for the team, even the owner who has been adamantly against it was like, you know, with all the information, I know it's what you have to do. It's right. It's correct. So what, is, what does that mean? Because I'm, Bill Foley right signed move. off on it? No, it, it's, it's when, you, when you actually look at it and take the emotion out of it and look at what, you, what has to be done, it's what had to be done. Yeah, That's, that was the case. There's no emotion in it for me. I've explained it a million times. Uh, when I look at it, uh, Fleury's the better goaltender now. He's the more reliable guy. I think he still has three years left in him. Um, I don't. I don't know that Robin Leonard is going to get beyond 50 games next year. I worry about that. I don't know that Alec Martinez with the money is worth over five million dollars a year. I think they could have built the team a little bit differently and made some different moves and kept Flurry around and actually gotten something for Robin Leonard. They got nothing for Mark Andre Flurry. Yeah, wanted, so wanted was there emotion? Sure. Was there emotion right there? No. I'm no. explaining to you from a personnel standpoint. This is what I would have liked to seen them do. Hey, they're the hockey guys. It's worked out for the most part to this point, so I guess you got to trust them. But I'm worried. And they put themselves in that position by signing a ridiculous contract for sure. Uh, and well, they and by the way, this, this should go back. This go, this goes all the way back, and I think that's what you're referencing. You were one of just a few people, and again, this is when emotions are high. When Mark Andre Fleury got the extension, you were like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that was a mistake. That set the wheels in motion well, for this. Well, signing Leonard in sort of a Jordan Love-esque move could have also could also be viewed as a mistake because you just traded away the Vesner winner. Sure. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I hey, this guy, this guy's done. We're getting the next guy. And then the the guy you think you're replacing was like, well, I'm going to go out this year. And because Leonard wasn't available, now I'm going to kick ass. And I just won you know, the award for the best goalie sure. in the league. So there sure. are some similarities. Now, Robin Leonard, not Jordan. Love. And, and by the way, I, I trust Robin Leonard a lot more than Jordan Love may never may never be a starter in the NFL. And with all that being said and, and all those things laid on the table, they they get to the end of the season and every team in the league throws massive offers at the Golden Knights to get Marc-Andre Fleury, right? Well, they're missing the boat. <laughs> right, well, that's fine. <laughs> but it's I mean, I like think they every also, team in the league is missing the boat. I think they also they took advantage of a situation where the Knights were not in a, a position of strength. So I don't know why. You know, Somebody could have thrown something at them. How many teams were in it? Do you know? Well, there's only. I mean, he had a limited no movement clause, so some teams are already automatically out. Right. But somebody could have said, "Oh, they're giving you nothing. We'll give you a second, third, fourth, whatever. We'll give you a pick I, I of think, some sort." I think the entire league is going to look at it and go, "Well, boy, we blew that one." And that that's happened before. The entire league in, in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, in the NHL, and the NBA has written guys off, and they've come back and had a year, you know, a good year or two to close out the career. Sure. Yeah, and, and that's fine. It's just you can't take a chance on that much money of hopefully that happening. It's just it's a tough spot to be in, and listen, that that's a whole that's a whole different case. But I think in Caruso's case, first of all, I don't think it's the whole Lakers fan base. I think there's some people on Twitter. He is a cult hero. I see it every year at summer league. He is a summer league superstar. He's great in summer league. I there is, I don't know of a more popular player in summer league than Alex Caruso. They love seeing. The white guy go dunk. They love it. It's great. They're excited about it. And I, I think that's part of the fan base there. But listen, I, I understand having – I love watching Crusoe play too. I love watching him on the court. But I understand that he doesn't really fit in the plans here. 
number three. So Team USA men win last night. They win by 14. It was tied at the half. They were actually down uh, nine points in the first half at one point at 38-29. They closed out the first half 14-4. to They came out in the second half 20-6, to and they just look like a different team. They, they started – I'm not even going to say running things because I really don't think they run anything. Um, <laughs> but they started making shots. They started getting open spaces and uh, got some good kickouts. And I, I also think most importantly, uh, the Spanish team got tired. They're just not that deep. And the Gasol brothers, which Marc Gasol is coming back to the Lakers, the Gasol brothers just can't play at this level for a very long time. So I thought the team got tired. And you had a one-man band, too. Ricky Rubio was going crazy. He got tired, and then basically it felt to me like Rubio turned the corner a few times, but just getting things done at the at the free throw line and the top of the key on offense for Spain got really difficult, and it created a lot of turnovers. So USA wins the game by 14. Are you more confident now, or did something last night, like did the first, whatever, 15 minutes really worry you, and you're like, they're not going to win the gold? No, I liked what I saw from, from USA. I, I bet them in the second half, got a <laughs> – ridiculously good number uh but yeah I, I liked them in the second half uh, i thought they'd win the game um i didn't i didn't i i was more confident coming out of the game than i was going into the game uh, about team usa doesn't mean they're definitely going to win it but uh their numbers certainly uh got you know their odds got more favorable well less favorable to bet it but more favorable to actually win it um they are you know once again a pretty pretty clear odds on favorite to win the title they're down to the final four uh they're 100 percent going to play for a medal one way or the other uh, in this spot, I know that they didn't go there to win a bronze or a silver, so uh, they, they're expected to win these last two games. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of what they did really worked out well. I thought they learned how to close a game because that was the problem. The game that they lost uh, in the Olympics, the friendlies are a little different, but the game they lost in the Olympics, they were ahead late in the game. They just, you know, kind of didn't work out with end of game situations, which I think I think is a lot of, you know, guys that are just coming together, no practice, all those things. You know, they were the better team in that game. They just didn't execute in the, yeah. in the last two minutes. Uh, I think they're learning how to do that. Uh, they're learning the rotations a little bit better. The guys that were in the finals are settling in a little bit more. And um, I just I think that this this team, if they play like that, the way Draymond Green is just so savvy defensively, he's, he, he's so effective, can play any position, um, was really, really doing a good job of uh, controlling where rebounds went. Uh, I think offensively running, you know, running some point forward that was working out well getting to the rim, kicking out. Like, there's a lot of things he was doing well, and obviously Durant is just amazing. Semi set up Slovenia, France, USA, Australia. Right now for the gold, USA is 300. Slovenia is plus 350. France is 10 to 1. Australia is 14 to 1. So on the betting advice of uh, Sammy P last hour, if you were going to hedge, say, USA, if you got him at 200 to win the gold or 225, the best team to bet is? I mean, I would say do you, Slovenia. Do you roll the dice in the semis that Australia pulls off the upset and you get the biggest price at 14 to 1, but then you're not guaranteed that the Aussies win the gold because they could have a letdown and freaking lose to Slovenia or France in the finals. Yeah, if you're hedging that way, you just bet, you take the plus points with Australia, hope that they lose but cover. You still have the USA alive, you cash that bet. And if you don't, <laughs> then you win the Australia bet. And then you can roll that over to the next one. Number two. USA women go tonight. I think it's the same time as last night uh, with the USA men. So it's 940 our time. You got Peacock now. That's good. Um, They're not putting the women behind a paywall, are they? Again? I assume We're going to do this? I assume. I watched watched all my Olympics on Peacock. I just thought thought last night was just absurd that the men 
we're behind a paywall and the women's soccer game that had ended like 12 hours before was being played on one of the Olympic channels against Canada. I know it's a big game and I know USA women's soccer is popular. They flopped and they lost. But I'm like, we need to see the replay like 12 hours later and not live USA men's basketball. They did it again. The USA basketball game, I think it's on right now. Oh, the women better be on women better be on one of the 14 channels that you don't have to pay for. Come on. I agree with you. But here's the thing. Hard. We talk about you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble right now. Hardcore sports fans will go watch the game at 1 a.m. But they are not broadcasting the Olympics for hardcore sports fans. They're packaging it for the people that don't watch sports that want to watch it in prime time on NBC. That's what they're doing. So get out of the bubble. Talk to real people. How much do you like doing this? It's great. Because I do it to you all the time. That you're out of touch. It's great. You're out of touch. You're out of touch. A very, like, I know that me, you, all of our friends, and everybody we follow on Twitter was watching the game live on Peacock last night. Yeah. But I also know that we are irrelevant. They pay, like, $28 bazillion for the Olympics. They're not going to throw the game on live on NBC at 1 in the morning. we got to make it back in five It's got to be in prime time. we gotta, we got we yes. to make five at a time. Five, no, it, no, it's the prime time. It's, uh, it's the showing the game in prime time yeah. with all the sponsors to people that aren't staying up at 1 a.m. to watch the game or 4 a.m. on the East Coast, whatever. Last night, I was actually only 9.45 or whatever I was here, so... 1 a.m. Eastern, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're trying to show it in prime time on NBC. Semis for the women. They're minus 15 against Australia. Asia Wilson, hometown hero, has been just outstanding. She's averaging 20 and 10, shooting 65%. They're on a 51-game Olympic win streak. I bet Australia tonight. I bet them plus 15, and I've said all along, Australia um, – Addition by subtraction, the fact that another Las Vegas ace is not on the team in uh, Liz Cambage, Liz Cambage, whatever. Um, she was a mess for that team. So, can you argue it? The way she's, she's been behaving she's the, the last. Best player. But sometimes you can become such a disruptive force. Sure. It's just not worth it. Well, I mean, somebody fought with her, could blame the other person. I don't know. Wait, wait, person or persons? Yeah, it was, it was a brawl. That's the problem. Yeah. Persons. No, no, I didn't mean. Cause are you talking about the fight in the uh, the friendly against Nigeria? Yeah. No, I'm talking about no the in, the internal fight. I'm talking about Amber Dixon here in the market, oh, sure. the Connecticut Sun head coach, the player on Nigeria, Andrew Gaze, the head of the Aussie basketball. I mean, it's like how many fights can you be involved in? If you're a fighter, you're going to fight people. Well, that, so that was happen. my comment about addition by subtraction. Sometimes it becomes just too much of a distraction. So we'll see. Maybe I'll I'll be wrong, and a, USA will win by 50, and it's, it's like, oh, they, you know, they wish they had their, their center. It's been a big Olympics for the Aces. They got Asia Wilson, who I think is is on the verge of potentially setting the record for her uh, highest points per game in any, for any woman in Olympic history for the U.S. And uh, obviously Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young already won their gold medal in three-on-three. Three. Big, big Olympic games for the Las Vegas Aces. Number one. Well, they can win the gold. Just don't cover tonight. Okay. I didn't say I bet Australia money line. Uh, Raiders news today. Third player is retired. Sam Young is done. Played a lot of tackle last year when they had uh, injury issues. Could there be a guy coming out of retirement? Which in a way might ruin the Raiders leverage if they have any on Marcus Mariota. To the Colts, there's a there's a lot of stuff interconnected here because we don't know how long Wentz is going to be out. If Wentz is down for much of the year, Mariota is the best backup quarterback that's probably available. That could be available, sure. But 
rumors now, or at least he said it. Philip Rivers says he's not ruling out a comeback. Yeah. You would think one of the spots the 39-year-old could go back to would be the Colts if they needed so. him. You would think so. Or, as we were going to get into earlier and didn't, I mean, the Jets need a veteran backup. backup well, he's, but he's not going to come back as a backup. He's going to come back as sure. a guy who gets a start. Sure. He's guaranteed the starting job. Sure. So it's uh, got to be one of these disastrous quarterback situations. And, and as I mentioned, well, we don't know if Wentz is officially a disaster. Because best case scenario, he's back for like week three. Well, it also sounds like Philip Rivers is saying he only has a few games in him. Oh, that he'd want to be like a second half of the season replacement. Well, if he, a... he said like late in the season he'd think about it. Oh wow! But maybe it's the other way. Maybe maybe he's like, all right, I'll come play four or five weeks until Wentz is back, and then back yeah. him up because maybe he gets hurt again. Sit on the bench, back him up a little bit, and then maybe play in the playoffs if I have to. Interesting. All right, coming back, Raiders camp report. We'll hear from John Gruden on uh, how Mariota has looked the last couple of days. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Rondo, three, up high and off the oh! Caruso parachutes in! You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio. You can- Everyone, everyone, everyone around the NBA. Well, not everyone, but lots of guys. Uh, Caruso going to Chicago. DeMar DeRozan, that's announced that he's in the fold. Lonzo Ball. So the Bulls have been a team that's been super active. Uh, but Caruso is gone. We'll get to the Lakers roster here. New look roster in just a couple of minutes. We got some updates as well on some of the chatter around uh, more college conference Realignment. I'll say nonsense because I, I don't like it. I don't like it, but that's coming up. Uh, camp today with the Raiders. Nothing crazy. It was The alums were out there. Curtis Terry, not an alum, but you yeah. know his cousin is on the staff. Cousins. Um, one of our big contributors on Cofield and Company on Thursdays was hanging out at camp. And uh, you guys have all been keeping a real close eye on Marcus Mariota because he's much different than he was a year ago. He was so hampered at the beginning of the year and then finally got close to getting it going when – you had to come in for a little bit, uh, but it was not a lost year, but we really never saw you know the top-notch Marcus Mariota, backup quarterback with the Raiders. Uh, and last couple of days, he's thrown some interceptions. Uh, Gruden sounded like he was a little frustrated when he was dealing with the media this morning because uh, it's uh, Kwiatkowski has picked him off a couple of times. Well, Marcus, the only two interceptions we've thrown here, I think Marcus and Nick are roommates. I don't know what the deal is on that. Mariota's off to a great start yesterday, and he's looks like galloping ghost out there and then today he throws four incredible passes and I you know I think uh, he and Nick are probably having a, a beer down at the uh, you know Caesar's Palace right now I don't know what the hell that's all about come on John I mean missed opportunity there that during that long pause didn't you think he was gonna nail it get like the, a locals bar the locals bar right down the road Come on, the new Raiders bar at the end. That's, oh, that's okay. I, I mean, that's the pop. No, I honestly thought he was going to go with 
like the most popular locals bar. But then I, I was like, you know, you've got then I, literally you've I got your own theme like, bar, John. Yeah, the, over come on, at, over, over at the promote, Raiders promote, Tavern promote, at the promote. end. You think John uh, John Madden would ever miss an opportunity to promote something? Come on, John. Well, to be fair, I don't think John has been out of his house or office because he's not allowed to go anywhere. If you told him, he, would he be like, what Raiders bar yeah. restaurant? What? Serious? He might, he might it's right there, know. John. Yeah, it's right there. We can we can see it. We're sitting here. We can see it from this room. Not true, by the way, that uh, Marcus Mariota and Kwiatkowski have an agreement. I'll say that with ninety nine percent certainty. Or roommates. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you a couple. Or they're not roommates either. Yeah, what was that? Just, I think he's just saying like ah, they're they're so close that he's just giving them some picks, just because Kwiatkowski's not an interception guy, making them look good. Um, I don't know if somebody I don't know if somebody fell for it, or they were just. They were trying to be funny, and they came off very dry. But when Kwiatkowski came in the room, no, he was like, "John told us you and Marcus have been hanging out at Caesar's Palace." Like, <laughs> really? I don't like. I ah, uh, I don't know if he was joking. I'm I, so Ari. I'm so livid right now, and you know why? It's, it's my fault. You, you you know why? I'm but looking it, but, at you like. <laughs> Come on! Uh, and the vast sound crew didn't pick up on it. Those Ari's are two. Great. He can get it through. Those are two. Yeah, he'll get it. Uh, those are two. Oh no! So what? 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 What did Kwiatkowski do? Was he like? He what? was like, I don't know. Stunned. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that so much. Like what? Uh, I don't. I don't clearly get it. a joke. <laughs> right. And they took it all seriously. Oh no! I thought like I thought in my mind I thought there was a slight chance they really were roommates. Yeah. Like that part, I was like, maybe they are. That's interesting that he threw picks. But the Caesar's Palace thing was clearly a joke. It was, it was interesting. Oh, boy. Man. Well, you know, early in uh, camp, everyone's kind of getting their footing. And I know we're all looking for angles. Maybe I'm missing this one. You tell me. Here's Gruden talking about Tanner Muse, who did not play last year because he was he just you know he broke down he just he had a lot of bad luck and there are hopes for him but I don't know it, just, it feels you'll tell me after this answer from Gruden I mean Gruden says some good things here about him well he's showing up in the base right now because he's showing up in the in the lineup he hasn't won that spot yet he's getting a good look his speed and athleticism what we think is conducive to that position the auto position so he's doing some good things. We, are, we aren't in enough base to really see him yet, but that will continue to uh, emerge as the next couple weeks unfold. Okay. Is there something cooking with him, or is it just it's just something to talk about early because you see him out there a lot? I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna like trash players. No, 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 no. But but he's answering questions that are being asked of him. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tanner Muse has been working in with some of the lineups. Okay. I think some people are reading more into it than others. Okay. Because, I mean, I'll give you a couple of the angles for UNLV football practice tomorrow. It'll be the first practice. I will guarantee I don't walk away from watching him for the half hour of availability in the morning and start, like, blowing up, you know, some freshman. You think just because one guy runs a rep with the starters, he's a starter? I don't. I'm trying to fi- – because part of me is like, maybe we should get really excited. Maybe they found a freaking gem, and a lot of us got a little down on them last year. The kid had a lot of bad luck. And, like, maybe they got a freaking steal, and we're seeing one of the great stories of training camp. I think there's people in the building that 
think he could have a really good year. I, I do think that. I, I think that's true. Good. Um, and he definitely is working in a lot more than I would expect with some of the top lines um, at practice. But I also think it's a long way till the season starts. Get up to LVSportsNetwork.com. You can enter a great contest. And uh, you can really – I mean, you can win stuff on the phones with us, and you can win when we're out on the road. But this is a great, great giveaway, and you got a great chance to win it. It's a tremendous prize. ESPN Las Vegas and Best Mattress have paired up to give a lucky listener their choice of a brand-new uh, – King or queen size Tempur-Pedic Pro Adapt uh, flat set worth up to $4,100. You go to LVSportsNetwork.com. You click on the Summer Chill Sweepstake banner and follow the prompts and sign up, right? Chill all night long on one of these great mattresses. Thanks to Best Mattress, uh, the best in service and selection with 23 locations in Nevada and Utah. But you got to go to the website now, LVSportsNetwork.com to sign up. It's LVSportsNetwork.com. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Mullins drives one to right field. Well struck Cedric Mullins and gone. You're listening to Cofield and Company. Austin Hayes out to left field. This is pretty well hit. Joey Gallo at the wall and back-to-back home runs at the top of the lineup. It's two Nothing birds. Most days they play to win. Yesterday was pathetic. Four home runs off of new Yankee Andrew Heaney. Uh, you hear Mullins and Hayes going back to back in a belly to belly in the first. I haven't had a chance to watch any of the game today with the Yankees, but you know I'm very concerned about the Yankees, especially with our guy, my guy, Joey Gallo. I see it's a big score. I, I was going to yell at you a minute ago because I actually bet the Yankees today pretty big. God. And uh, they- I, I'm going to tell you right now, even though I'm a Yankees fan, I am becoming flurry-like in my following. I see – because, you know, like, there are Golden Knights fans who are like, hey, Flurry over the team. Like, they just love Marc-Andre Flurry. You're a Gallo over the team? I. He just has to start hitting. Well, I feel like. I, I, I'm telling you. This I was is going not to th- good. I was going to throw something at you. I think it was the third inning. They were just, they were going nuts. They're batting around, basically. Everybody's getting a hit. Everybody's getting on base. They get to Gallo. Two on. Nobody out. I'm like, let's go. Strike out. Come on. Come on. What are we doing? Killing me now. Fortunately, everybody else is hitting, so my bet is doing just fine. I got run line today, so I'm pretty happy. He was two for fifteen as a Yankee coming in. They've got nine runs. They're up nine nothing at the end of four. <laughs> By the way, this is also I don't have him on a fantasy team. I had him forever. Um, but this is also the when when you uh, look up your your players in fantasy and you're like, big day. Here we go. Nine Joey, nothing. Joey Gallo probably at least three RBIs. Couple of home runs. Over three. Come on. So he's. Three strikeouts. Can I do the math? He's two for 18. I don't know why you, it's only two strikeouts. But, yeah, when he at – his, at his peak, he was up to 243. And now he's down to 218. So, he'll break out of it. He'll break out of it. I'll tell you right now, this probably had him all freaking spooked. Can Yankee Stadium security get it together? Now, I love cats. But the last thing – and it was a tabby. It wasn't a black cat. A black cat, then the season's over. Uh, cat got loose on the field. This clip – is like three and a half minutes long. We crunched it down. The vast sound crew did. Uh, this is Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill 
a cat jumps on the field at Yankee Stadium last night, and it was like the freaking Benny Hill show. How in the world did I get out here? Huh? Well, this could be a while. <laughs> Michael, go down there and catch that cat, would you? Well, if, if that person would open the door there, he, he, he might, the cat might go through. Now, we usually don't show when somebody gets loose on the field, but this time we're making an exception. For the cat lovers out there. Nice. Good hops. Very athletic, huh? Yeah. Just figuring out why do I live in the Bronx again? I think that cat is going to be exhausted. Ouch. Just open the door. What, what are they doing? <laughs> Oh my goodness. That was like one of five times where like four ground screw dudes could not catch the cat. Uh, he's out by the bullpen door. Michael K is like, just open the door. I think the person inside the bullpen was afraid of cats. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to let it in. And then when you heard like ow and the hops, the cat kept just jumping up on the wall and like would get to the, the wall, but then the netting, it was bouncing off the netting, which by the way, not that actually was not a very athletic cat. Um, my main outdoor cat would have scaled that wall and gotten over easily well, but i, I, I will say the cat wanted to because there's people on the other side of the wall yeah i mean that I, I will say i actually felt bad for the cat i know because it was it was, it terrifying. was it's forty thousand people are let's go cat <laughs> they started out mvp mvp but it was just like the i'll say this the players were loving it oh the yankee dugout was going friggin' crazy <laughs> because the cat kept like backing into a corner and then all these people would would corner it and then the cat would escape yeah. that's where you heard a couple of the cheers there where people are like, yeah, because the cat got away. And the grounds crew, they were cornering it, but nobody was reaching for it. Nobody wanted to get bit. Yeah, that so, happened in the past. It yeah. happened, in a, I think, in Seattle where yeah. they picked up the cat and the cat freaking bit him. So, so that, I was actually surprised no one came out with gloves on. Should have. I mean, your ground crew, you don't have freaking gloves you work with? Or outfield glove. Catch it. <laughs> get the knuckleball catcher's that's my move. Yeah. Envelop a cat. That's my move. I think I can do it. The best line was, uh, this should have been a Tigers game. Oh, you like that one? Yeah, right. I, that I, I implored I implored the uh, sound crew to cut that one out. I thought it was terrible. When he said it, I go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know, it wasn't a bad line. They were trying too hard. He, but he was, Michael K was getting really frustrated. Like, you got to go somewhere, dude? I mean, they were getting their ass kicked. But he wanted, Well, maybe the Cat has inspired their offense today. Everyone except Gallo. All right, let's, enough with the shots, please. <laughs> you know what upsets me. It upsets me a bunch. Um, good day today, or is this a freaking joke? Last two days for the Lakers. You ready? This is what the roster looks like. Carmelo Anthony, 37. LeBron, 36. Trevor Ariza, 36. Marcus Gasol, 36. Dwight Howard, 35, but turns 36 in December. Wayne Ellington, 33. Kent Bazemore, 32. Russell Westbrook, 32. <laughs> A lot of age there. But as we explained yesterday, this is what you were going to get. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this, you're, you're going to surround – if you're going to sign three players of those big of contracts, you're going to surround it with probably mostly veterans who will take a little amount of money to try to win a championship. That's what you're going to get. Guys that have already made their money and they just want to go try to win. And everyone's a couple of young guys that are drafted, undrafted free agent guys. Uh, that they've added a couple today in the last couple right. of days. So that that's who you're going to have. And I, I think they got a guy with upside. I kept calling him Marcus Monk earlier, but Malik Monk. 
uh, from the Hornets, a former uh, number 11 pick in 2017. Another guy who shoots around 40% and hopefully will grow, you know, into a better player. He's 23 years old. I so can't that's that pick was four years ago. Yeah. It's 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 so many of these guys signing their their second or third deal, you know. We're like, wait, they're not like twenty eight. No, they came into the league when they're eighteen and a half, nineteen years old. Yeah. So he's got some upside. So I like what they've done. I, I like the addition of Carmelo. I think people are going to laugh at that, but for the role he's got to play now, he was very good for the Blazers. He was a year great. Ago. He was great last year, and and I think uh, the season's not going to come down to these role guys necessarily. They've got enough of them that some of them are going to work out. Some of them are going to some of them will play well enough to help them win a title. The season's going to come down to the health of LeBron and AD and how well Westbrook could adapt his game to play with them. Like, that's that's the season for the Lakers. And all these other guys are serviceable NBA players that will help them win a title if those other things go well. Coming up, you're going to love, at least I do, what a Texas state senator said to the uh, brass at UT, uh, to the Texas AD, about this move over to the sec and the uh, proposed budget the show never ends watch the cofield and company late night pod tonight at nine o'clock on youtube or at steve cofield on twitter cofield and company presents grab bag don't touch it don't even look at it only on espn las vegas stick your hand in there dave I think we're going to look at this story differently, but I have some other concerns I'm annoyed about. Uh, what happened with a Texas state senator getting after the Texas AD over the athletics budget? Well, there was a lot of hemming and hawing about how much they were asking for in the budget, as as always. I mean, it's a lot of money that go, that Texas spends, and uh, the state senator had the AD there in front of her and was basically lecturing him about. Uh, all the money and and brought up the fact that they are three and seven against TCU, which I didn't look into, but I imagine she attended TCU. That's my thought from it. Hmm. And I uh, wanted to bring that up and said, maybe they're just sick of losing to Texas Christian and they want to go start losing to Alabama. And that's why they're going to the SEC. All right, settle down, ma'am. Uh, and also, I don't think that's the actual record. I think they've only won twice against TCU. Damn. This is a little bit of grandstanding, sure. It is. But I, I'm, I'm going to say something that I'm probably going to regret. I do wish more politicians on the state level would keep their eye and make some statements every once in a while about college athletics. Now I know NIL, obviously they got involved in, but the conference realignment thing for a state like Nevada. Now maybe I missed it. Shouldn't there be a couple of people going, like, what is going on? Yeah. Talking to the schools. What's our plan? But also making some public statements like, we're not going to be left out or left in the in the dark here or left out in the cold when there's realignment again. Yeah. This these are these are state issues. And I know people are like, you know, politicians shouldn't get involved in sports. In this case, like the lady just said here in Texas, it's a state budget issue. Do you know how much money we're losing as Nevadans? The fact that for some reason, you know, it's been decided that, you know, arbitrarily, whatever, dozens and dozens of years ago, that the school in Ames, Iowa is somehow one of the chosen few, but in Las Vegas and Reno, they're not. We're talking tens of millions of dollars. 
dopey Mississippi and Mississippi State are going to be raking in freaking $70 million a school in like five years. Yeah. Craig Thompson of the Mountain West are handing out freaking $4 million. Do you realize the difference that makes? Well, and it's... Let someone step up and make some kind of statement about realignment here that we want in. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... Even, I don't want to freaking have to pay any more out of our tax base it's gonna be when college worse. athletics is this mega billion dollar industry. Yeah, but you're, you're talking about the money that's there now. It's going to be worse if you're left out because I still think it's going to be one major conference and they're breaking off. But I think best case scenario around the country yeah. is it's four major conferences, whatever the four that survive, and it looks like it's going to be, you know, obviously Big Ten, SEC... I would think Big 12, but they're out now. Um, Pac-12. We don't know that the Big 12 is out now. They're out. We, they're, they're, done. they're done. You know, a, a, an idea that was floated uh, on our Wednesday late night podcast by uh, our buddy Saran Petro was, wouldn't it be dynamite if all of the other Power Five, right, plus the Mountain West and the AAC and some other group of five were like, you know what? Do whatever you want, SEC. Go ahead. You're on your own. We're doing our own championship with the rest of us. No, I, I up yours. I think that's what's happening. No, but no, here's I, the but I mean the group of five is included. It's not going to be just four 16 team conferences. No, the group of five and the rest of the, the power four and the group of five get together and they're like, do whatever you want. Go ahead, do your little SEC championship. Good luck. No, I, I, but I think but the they problem won't do is, that. I think that's, that's what's going to happen. That's what the SEC wants. The problem is the SEC is going to go, we are doing that and we're taking Clemson. Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, you're all coming with us. And then all those other schools. This is what I think is going to happen. But I think that that the people that think that you should kick SEC out and say, do what you want, the SEC is like, yeah, we're going to, and we're going to take all the schools that matter, and we're going to do our own thing, and everybody else is Division Two now. Like, what the Division Two is now right. is what all those other schools are going to be. So you're, in or you're out of it. And, and I do think schools like UNLV – and in Nevada, as you said, the legislature, it needs to be like, hey, we need to make sure we're in the yeses, not the noes. We're in the haves, not the have-nots, because you're going to be in a second tier now. And well, for many reasons, I hope that the uh, the Big Ten will keep it together. The Pac-12 will keep it together. The Rutgers so. is out, so don't worry about that. I'm fine on that. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I have I have no worries. In, in the, the most densely populated state with one of the highest median incomes in the country where people can actually get jobs – where they actually educate the kids, the student body's diverse, they're fine. They've well, they're got fine. Plen- they've not- got they've got plenty of money. But they're just gonna be playing D two athletics. Whatever. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> this whole breakup that we're talking about is not is not going to happen. And there's believe me, there's a lot of other reasons behind it too. Look at the region of the country that's trying to drive this. Good luck. <laughs> you think everyone's gonna be super cooperative they've, with them? They've tried to break off once before, it didn't work.